0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Real Science Podcast. The podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. My name is Kevin Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Michael Pace. Hi everyone. Happy Fourth of July. Wait, this is not, not an America voice. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Oh, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Sam, welcome to the podcast. That is, wait, is that you what Uncle Sam sounds like? <laughs> no, it's
1: like you sound like uh, Hulk Hogan. Uncle Sam. Oh yeah,
0: welcome. <laughs> wait. Oh, no, yeah, it's Hulk Hogan. science podcast. So, so the line between Hulk Hogan and oh, Macho, Man Randy, Macho Man Randy Savage is th- <laughs> so
2: thin, so thin. But what about yeah. Uncle Sam?
0: I I have to assume that Uncle Sam sounds like one of the cast of Hamilton.
2: No, he sounds like Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Do the monkey with me. That's <laughs> wait, that's Hogan's Join the army. <laughs> that's what Russell. <laughs> yes. Jungle Sam
1: jungle,
0: jungle Jungle Sam. A Sam. Yeah, you're your Borderlands Patriot, Jungle he wears, Sam.
2: He wears a he he let's see, he wears a loincloth. He does. And uh He, he hangs out with his friend in a bar, Drunkle Sam. <laughs> and Mowgli, don't forget about Mowgli. And
0: and Mowgli for some reason Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Sean's cat. He's no, a, No. Small jungle boy. Pace oh, doesn't agree. just yes and. He fucking really pulls in this <laughs> yeah, 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 rich yeah. fiction. He Someone passes him the ball and then he runs out of the stadium and goes to a Quiznos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but they milk cheese.
0: So, Pace. Hey, s- yes. Real quick. Yes. Do we have any disclaimers for what we do in this podcast?
2: No. Oh, okay. oh shit. No, we do. Oh, uh, okay. One, the first one, we might curse. Okay, we did. I, we did that already. Yes. So we've covered that, like, base. Yes. We're good. Uh, two... We have a special congratulations to make. What is that? Well, we to now America have... We know to Ken and Smith. Oh. Don't be shy. Okay. We have two real doctor boys now. That's right. We have Dr. Doctor Sean Cross and Dr. James Ken Stewart Stuart Smith. Yes. Um, Dr. Jungle Smith. Sean Michael Dr. Smith. And we're very happy for him. And in six months,
0: all three of us will be
2: doctors. That's true. That's true. And
0: there will be even more... Obnoxious.
2: I did. Um, More
0: pretentious.
2: Get official if permission possible. to schedule my defense today. Uh, you did. So that's good. Yes. What, what is it going to be? It's Well, I haven't set the date yet because you know how fun it is to get professors in the same room at the same time for oh, two yeah. hours. It's awesome to schedule um, things with
0: people who are busy all the time. Yeah, but
2: it's going to be late October, early November ish. Perfect. So. Well, I can't
0: yeah. promise I'll be back down here for it. Because, yeah, I know you can. Hey, guess but what? I will for graduation. I'll be there. Mm. Yep.
2: Because my true friends will be there. I got
0: your face. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> no, yeah.
1: It's not my fault I'm that I'm kidding. abandoning all of you on Saturday. <laughs> I guess fancy pants Dr. Smith will be too busy. Oh,
0: you're one to talk.
1: Postdoctoral appointment, Dr. Crossan. Postdoctoral appointment?
2: Yeah, it's you. As a fellow, right? He's a fellow. Yeah, so, like, uh, I said the wrong thing. Okay. Anyway, oh, no, so we I watched. watched
0: uh, uh, associate. We watched Life this week. We watched Life. In case you couldn't tell. And we're, we're a podcast that watches movies and we talk about the science that's in it. Oh, yeah. did we not say that? No, no we, we didn't really... T- well, we haven't said in a while, and if somebody jumps onto this episode... Oh, yeah. ...and hears us just shitting around...
1: You know, for around. the new listeners, I actually have a disclaimer... Sometimes we talk about uh, garbage for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> like Drunkle Sam? So, yeah, so, you know, if, Jungle you just, Sam. if you just make it past the ten-minute garbage buffer that we have to make ourselves comfortable with recording, sitting on the same couch, looking at each other, yeah. then you just get right into the science, you know? Right, yeah. so what
0: you're hearing is a socially awkward phase, where we're trying to get used to uh, screaming at listeners and each other at the same time. Yes,
1: much like a, yeah, but... much like a butterfly, our podcast <laughs> right. evolves. We're
2: pretty used to screaming, screaming. at each other. That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Much like a drunk
2: old butterfly. <laughs> a drunker fly. A, a drunker fly. Yeah, a yeah. a, a yeah. butter. A butter drunk. I can just cut this part out if you guys want me to. <laughs> <laughs> a butter. A butter beer. A butter. Fly. No, No butter Harry Potter on this a, a butter beer fly. We okay. don't do Harry Potter on this podcast. You don't.
1: Well, for like you know fair use, it's probably like
2: Jerry, Jerry Potter. Jerry
1: Potter. <laughs> Jerry, just Jerry Potter. Jerry just the first Potter. name. Yeah. <laughs> Okay.
0: He's not-magic brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I go to Castle? <laughs> this is bullshit.
2: Shut I, up, Jerry. You're an I electrician.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so this week... We, we watched watch? Life. We watched Life, which is a 2017
0: movie? 2017. 2017, 2017 thriller starring Hiroyuki Sonata. Sonata Weaver uh, uh, Tom what, Cruise. What, no, stop. Okay. We can't keep doing this. Okay. You have to let Ken talk. Okay. Starring Haruyuki Sonata, Ryan Reynolds, Rebecca Ferguson, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, and then my favorite character, Arian Bakari. I assume that's how you say his last name. I might not be. Either way, those are basically all of the scientists that are featured in this movie.
2: Astronauts as well.
0: Well, yeah, it's true. They're space scientists. They're space boys. So, uh, just in very short, basically all these scientists inter-say inter- inter- say- up to... That was weird. <laughs> all of these scientists intercept a space probe coming from Mars that had discovered uh, life on the planet and yes. they basically investigate it. The life turns out to be, I guess, hungry and kills all of them. Well, that's spo- what, spoiler pretty alert. Pretty the plot I would the describe movie. it as hostile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But- I would describe it as uh, trying to get to the buffet and going through as many people as possible to get to it. Sean,
2: would you like to take us into the plot?
0: Nice. Might as well. <laughs> I can do it. There's not much no, there. No. You know
2: what? Do you want FBI? to do it? Yeah. yeah do you, you want
0: to do it? I actually
2: feel ready to do it. You sound
0: like you feel ready to do it. All be. right. Well, then I want you to do it. If you so, if you feel confident that you can do it, then that means you can probably
2: do it. So I feel confident. It. All right. So we come in on the ISS, the International Space Station. Yes. And as Ken mentioned, there are there's a special a package. There's a package coming from Mars, and it contains. Soil samples.
0: And we're told this through the worst way, I hope you're listening Hollywood, the worst way to start a movie, which is with a voiceover.
2: Yeah, it's not pretty great. Yeah. Because you can't really tell what's going on.
0: I mean, they tell you explicitly what's happening before you've been thrown into the scene. Instead of just like starting a meteor res and it bothers the shit out. Of Instead me. of showing you what's
2: happening. Right. Exactly. So we come. Yeah, there is the voiceover. Um, I forgot which doctor is doing this. Uh, which which scientist is, is doing the voiceover? But anyway, the fire they've alarm. been prepping their they've been prepping their workstation for three months ish to get this to get D to, to receive this sample mm-hmm. from Mars. Um, and uh, Ryan Reynolds, who's kind of our burly boy. In in this in this movie, he yeah, kind of,
0: I would say that he's the muscle.
2: Yeah, he's kind of the quick thinking. Magnus rushes in, sort of brand mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he's got chunky biceps. Did you just mm.
1: reference another podcast? And in your analogy we're, for we're,
2: describing, the we're crossing that. <laughs> I did. Okay, right. I did. Um, so, so they basically the, the, the reception of this package seems seems excessively
0: boisterous. Yeah, he um, goes outside on a spacewalk and catches it with a giant robot arm. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's is, pretty, that, is that what you mean? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: I describe that as boisterous. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, they, they they retrieved the package, um, and well, Sean also made the point, which uh,
0: I agree with him in this. Okay, uh, the first critique of our film: Why the fuck does Ryan Reynolds need to be outside to do this? Yeah,
1: so he's literally okay. So this uh, soil sample capsule is like coming in off course or something. So they're using Ryan a, get hit by space debris. Yeah, it got knocked off course. So they're using a giant robot arm on the space station to catch it. Right, and Ryan Reynolds is holding essentially a remote control like it looks like a remote control like car controller well, or he's, play, he's playing like a claw game yeah in and, space.
2: but he's holding it and he's also like for, like almost like free floating yeah, yeah. he's doing in a spacewalk
1: space. and holding a remote controller for this arm i guess like you get better visibility is the only thing i could think of but like why does he need to be floating you in would get directly? better
2: visibility
0: yeah but he's also directly in the path of right I don't yeah know. why does he need to be floating in space to catch this you know what i don't want to tell ryan Reynolds how to do his job uh, I've it never seems caught, hazardous to me. I've never he's... caught a speeding probe in space with a giant robot arm. Maybe this is the best way to do it. I don't think he has either until this time. It, well, he does say he's a plumber, so I'm confused about why he's. <laughs> <in> his <laughs>
1: I like, wouldn't be surprised if his character had a business card that just had "space cowboy" as the occupation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is exactly what yes, Partner, yeah.
2: Let <laughs> me go wrangle in some space probe. soil, some Mars, some Mars soil for you. Wrangle up some probes. Wrangle up some probes. So he
0: successfully catches this probe,
2: right? He does. He gets it. Uh, they bring it inside the space station into the laboratory. Yeah. Um, at which point we meet good old Hugh. My favorite character. Hugh. Um, played by, what was his name again? His name what? the cool name. Um,
0: yeah, he had Arion Bakari. Arion Bakari. I assume that's how you pronounce it based yeah. on how
2: the words are constructed yes. together. Sorry if we messed that up, Arion. But sorry. Sure. I, don't, I don't know if he listens he to the show every week, show. two weeks. So he's kind of like messing with this this space
0: stuff. Yeah, he's they, your standard bioscientist. They,
2: they, they take the they take the soil sample and they place it into a 96 well plate, which is basically a small piece of plastic that has 96 small circular uh, divots. divots that you can put wells. small biological samples. That they're called wells. Um, Wales, Wales, uh, which is also a, a country in the United, United Kingdom. Um, it is. And so what they do is right. they'll, they they divvy out all this Mars soil. Yep. Right. Um, they resuspend it in something. We're not really sure, actually. They don't really describe. It's it. It's probably water. It's probably. I mean, they have to. They, Sean, it's probably PBS. Whatever, <laughs> churl. Yeah, which is a which stands for phosphate buffered saline. It's
0: basically, water. It's salt water. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, say it's water. Very
0: lightly
2: salted
1: water. Now well, it's the, dirt
2: water. <laughs> well. But the reason you would use maybe PBS in this situation is that it's, it like, as, as in the name, it's buffered, so it can maintain pH, which is a level of acidity. Right. Um, so, which, which I guess you would just do that to, I mean, people was like... Sensitive to pH imbalance. Well, here's or? a here's
0: a fun thing we could do. I would imagine that they would have taken each one of these individual wells because you have 96 different things to play with, right? And they would have altered pH and buffer composition, so the different right. salts that they would put into it, and resuspend sa- soil samples in each one of them, and right? Then screened each one of them. So then see. you can
2: basically you can create different potentially hospitable environments for whatever microorganism. Yep. Dealing with in this instance, they, they might have just been screening it. Right. Yep, Could that be. makes sense. If we give a the movie like a, a lot of credits, of yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, we see them fill a ninety-six well plate with dirt, and we see one of them that has a life form in it. Right. And so yep.
2: basically, they uh, they uh, they isolate what appears to be a living singular cell from yep. one of these uh, one of these wells that they are growing up here. And they grow this up in a petri dish, mm-hmm. um, and they basically have this workstation to where Hugh can, uh, you know, you've seen it, you know, whenever you have you you stick your arms into these like into these uh, makeshift gloves behind a protective barrier, um, so then you can basically handle something in a safe in a, in a safe way that could be hazardous.
0: What's known as a glove box.
2: It's a glove box. I've never used one, Kenan. Sorry, for, <laughs> sorry for being a plebeian. No, sorry. That's fine. Listers, I'm sorry, listeners. I'm.
1: The entire time, Bass has been describing this. He's been reaching his hands forward towards the microphone I
2: <laughs> and talk with my hands, and Sean, moving
1: them around like they've been inside of a Do box.
2: I do I like uh, complain? How about you explain the plot, or are you just gonna like? I'm not no, I think Sean is just giving <laughs> a, slightly <laughs> criticizing you for adding a lot of visual effects to our audio medium. It's, I think that my own. Mechanical additions with with my limbs help me to explain it verbally. I mean, it's this is an audio is medium. Listen, I'm
1: not trying to come down on you. I'm telling the listeners. I'm painting a vivid picture of how this That's recording true. conversation That's true. is I, going.
2: I appreciate you you painting me for the audience.
0: All right, like one of your French girls. So like, can we get back into how <laughs> Hugh is sticking his hands in this box? Yes. So he's sticking his hands in the box. What's what's, the, the what's box? in the box?
2: What's <laughs> well, well, in the box? Well, there's an alien box. There's an alien in the box. And so they so this is actually important. This is like the the probably the major bit of science we get for the film, right? Mhm. He is describing this single cell. Right. And he says, "Oh, this cell wall is very thick and the it has hairs on it that look like maybe cilia or flagella." Right. Um, and these are like known types of um, features of, of features of, of of of, exi- of cells on Earth, life on Earth. Uh, they basically work towards cell mo- cell motility, help m- move around and sense things. Um, but it also contains a nucleus and a cytoplasm. The nucleus yep. is kind of like the center of a cell. It houses its DNA and stuff. And the cytoplasm is like all the uh, liquid around it that houses the rest of the things that a cell needs to survive.
0: Like organelles, which I know like everyone organelles, taking a biology class. Already-
2: yes, like mitochondrion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Golgi body and the ribosome and
1: the ribosome is
2: not a, an organelle. <laughs> yeah, it is. The ER, I think the, they are. I think they are. The ER organs. is is isn't, isn't the rough isn't the rough ER considered an organelle?
1: Yeah, but the ribosome is a protein.
0: Aren't they like technically no, the considered r- an
2: organelle though? No, like the They're entire protein. ER, like the
0: sort of how a meteorite is like a smaller asteroid. <laughs> No, right. they're, no. Is this the, is this organelle the is a,
2: part that we're going to An organelle
0: is a membrane-bound
1: section in the cell. I mean, a Within, subsection in the cell.
2: Within the ER. I'm just being an asshole. Hugh is assessing this cell, but the point of this is that he's comparing it to Earth cells, and he's basically yeah. saying, oh, he has a lot of similar features that uh, that cells in the ways that we know them with carbon-based organic life on Earth uh, how those are structured, right? those cells. Um, and so he next goes into trial and error of trying to wake this thing up.
1: Yep. Well, I want to talk about some of the features of this cell real idea. quick. Because I think that, like, there are some pretty important, there's some insight we can glean into how this organism might operate right. based on its structure. Yes. right? Especially, Especially like, things like the cilia. Right. Yeah. Like the cilia or the fact that it has a nucleus implies that it has some sort of genetic material inside you the nucleus. Yes, yeah. yep. that is what the role of a nucleus serves. It's to segregate the genetic material
0: from the rest of right. the stuff going on in the cell. It also makes the assumption that because it's i I mean one because it's ciliated this is part of it, but uh, because it was isolated by itself, right, without any surrounding material, it mm-hmm. also implies that it is as he says a single cell single cell organism. Right. Yeah, so like that it's right not the bat.
1: it's not like a cell from like a from damaged tissue yeah, or something. Right. Yeah, right. It's just like a yeah. living cell on its own. Right. Which is... It tells you a lot, actually, about it. Yeah. And, like, the cilia and the flagella... Do people know what those
0: are? So like- cilia yeah. and flagella are, are both methods of transportation that cells can use. Yes. Um, for the most part, things of these nature, like, especially flagella... Waggle around and effectively act as rudders. For I mean, cells. you might
2: think of, like, commonly, like, like, a sperm cell would have flagella that right, would, exactly. it, would, it would use to project itself forward.
0: Cilia yeah. can also be used because cilia are more often covered, uh, a, a cell is more often covered uh, in a lot of cilia. It's kind of like hair. A little bit like hair, and, like it. Hair and it, they can be used in the same way that, like, a rudder or a fin might be, but they can also interact with individual portions of the environment in yep. order to allow it to move. Yeah, right. they can, and they can act sort of, like,
1: as, like, a sensory... Yes. Right,
2: right yeah yes, part exactly. of that also correct so this i mean i guess this is fine i mean it, this kind of description and features yeah. of it but it's it's kind of it kind of seemed like just kind of like a, a like a feature a feature dump of of sure. earth of I mean, cells like, oh look it, it has, has all these dump. things that we know about yeah the right. interesting um, thing was that
1: it looked very much like a single-celled organism that you could potentially find on Earth. Sure, yes, I think that was the
2: a bacterial cell or something. Yeah,
1: like like a bacterial some sort of cell, protozoan, some yes. sort of protozoan,
0: amoeba, like an amoeboid, amoeboid, Am- Am- amoeboid. How many times can we look directly up into the air and just yell a cell name? Am- amoeboid. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that they do actually in the scene that I thought was pretty cool is that uh, after they have isolated the cell, they try immediately raising the temperature. Right, so this this tells yes. us that the box in which they're working is effectively extremely Muturable controlled. Yeah, I think it's, well,
2: controlled. it's an important thing because, like, obviously they got it from Mars. Right, Mars is very cold. Yes, um, it lacks. How the cold? about atmosphere? Is it? You tell me.
0: You how cold is it, Pace? I forgot. The surface of Mars, Pace, is negative fifty five
2: degrees Celsius. Oh, Celsius. Close.
0: Celsius. <laughs> The temperature you use when taking a picture of your
2: face. I said Celsius.
0: I said Celsius.
2: I fucked oh. up. Oh. It's -55 negative 55 Celsius. degrees Celsius. Negative 55 degrees Celsius, which is very cold. Yeah. It's minus 67 Fahrenheit for and those that are from the U.S. of A.
0: And they cycle through a lot of these temperatures, eventually arriving at room temperature, and
2: the cell still doesn't move. The single cell, it's, it's not moving, by the way. They're, they're trying to get it to move, trying to get any sort of, yeah. like response to external stimuli. Yep. they see the temperature's not doing anything. What's the next thing we're gonna do, though? The next let's thing they, oh. let's, let's wet it up. Let's just get it wet. They do wet it up. <laughs> well, it was already wet. I, I hate the way you said that. So I'm trying to <laughs> run away
0: from this. Again. But the other thing they do is they actually alter the atmosphere first.
2: They they uh, the, the the gas content of the atmosphere. Yeah. In fact, yes. the guy says uh,
0: very fancily, uh, "We're going to alter the uh, atmosphere closer to that of protozoan Earth." Uh, or protozoic earth and he starts just twisting nozzles above his head and he's just a little bit
2: less oxygen a little bit
0: more nitrogen (laughs) just
2: like increases carbon dioxide and then maybe most importantly he adds sugar water
0: sugar water (laughs) sugar water (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah he does he adds glucose to the cell yes sugar water sugar water
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. guys,
2: good. Pace, hey, so you wanted to do this plot. You're gonna fucking do it. I'm doing it so good, guys. You are okay. Um. Yeah. So this is the final thing that uh, is able to get the cell to move a little bit. It's yep. kind of just like a wiggle, wiggle. It
0: moves, and then bam, we get a title screen.
2: Life. Yeah. Life. Like oh, we found it. That is I think
0: this is as long as we can sing without getting sued. Okay.
1: No, it, we did like company, right? so it's a parody. Oh right, it's yeah. like, like Weird Al. Yeah, yeah. We're,
0: this is <laughs> Jurassic, Jurassic Park.
1: Park. <laughs> yeah, just eat it. Eat it.
0: <laughs> eat it.
1: Welcome to. Wait, what are you doing, face? I'm singing a Weird Al. You are singing a Weird Al song? Oh, now. you're singing Eat It. Yeah, I was singing Jurassic Park
0: by Weird Al. Oh, good. Is that a thing? <laughs> like Kenan stressed. Jurassic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park. Me. You guys done talking about Weird Al? <laughs> yeah, I guess. All right, so. let's get back to this movie. Okay. After we get the title screen, what do we get next? I forgot. So it moves right. Yeah. Right. You see it on the screen, yep. and then we cut to this big, like, in Times Square dog and pony show of a bunch of little kids asking the astronauts yep. questions. Yep. And they ask him questions like, uh, "How do you pee in space?" <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> in space, when you nut in space, <laughs> when you nut. Oh, so show, no, show shows them uh, how you can suck the urine out of your actual body uh, on national television. That was weird and gross. Uh, and gross. they talk about the alien and stuff like that. And then yep. a little kid gets oh, up shit. on national television and names the alien after Calvin Coolidge Elementary School.
2: They name it Calvin. They name the alien Calvin. It's like Calvin it's- the alien. It was a very like United Earth like. Like we, we did it! Yeah, like like a
1: big yeah. media presence I mean, about this discovery, which obviously it makes sense because it's it a big just, deal. It'd be a they, huge deal. Yeah, they confirmed that there is some sort of external piece of life on another planet. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised honestly that they would announce it so fast. Oh because, yeah,
0: hundred percent.
1: Like I think one of the most That's likely a point. one of the most likely things that could be like a false alarm for this is like accidentally finding that you got an earth organism that just was contaminating right. something.
0: When we talk about this during The Martian. Like, you know, you can go through all sorts of checks and balances for things like this. But ultimately, if like one little thing slips up and you end up cultivating something from, like you say, something that may have just ridden along with a probe. Yeah. Before it collected soil samples, and then it collected soil samples, and it r- rode right back into the car.
1: Right, yeah. exactly. So I'm just surprised they didn't do some, like, confirmation yeah. stuff more
2: than just, like, oh,
1: look, it moved. Ah, it's alive. Right. And then just yeah.
2: calling I mean, calling the president or whatever. I, I feel like there would have been, a, like you say, a lot of a lot of checks and balances, a lot of filters gone through to, to ensure this is even safe to announce. Sure. Um,
0: uh, we also are led to believe that the, the this is not set in our present time because there's a lot of pre existing technology that like isn't real, aren't real things like what they that, like the freaking oxygen sticks or whatever they were called them.
2: Well, yeah, I mean the the director, uh, um, what was his name again? Uh, um, this was
0: directed by Morton Tildum. That's not right. Okay. Well, that's what it says on IMDb. Director Morton Tilden.
1: What
2: the hell? <laughs> Did you just question IMDb? No, it was Daniel Espinoza. Daniel espinoza uh, uh, Daniel, There was an interview with Daniel Espinoza. Who's Morton? Um, Apparently in, he it directed passengers. <laughs> <laughs> like is it just yeah. uh, What a good website. Um,
0: <laughs> is, it? is it just
1: the prestige?
0: <laughs> it's a prestige.
2: So there was, uh, there was an interview with, uh, with Director Espinosa, and he basically commented, uh, the guy who was interviewing him asked him, do you think this is like... The late 2020s, early 2030s. And he yeah. said, no, this is actually like five or six years in the future. He was thinking like 2022, 2023. Huh. Interesting. Um, it's Take a s- that for what it is.
1: So it's essentially modern day. Uh, essentially yeah.
2: modern day. Um, so, but yeah, the oxygen sticks, I have never seen that technology before. But Either way. I've also
0: never been to space. That's true. Maybe yeah, We're, they use we're, we're not to astronauts.
2: Touch. We're just Jake as biological scientists.
0: We actually find out that Jake Gyllenhaal has been in space for, what, 470-something days? Like a year and a half? Yeah, he's been up there for a long time. And also throughout this movie, very frequently, Jake says the type of things that, like, maybe like a serial killer would say. Yeah, just like a
1: sociopath. Just someone who, like, doesn't
0: like talking to people. Somebody who's taken just, like... Far too much LSD. Do, do you
2: think that's why he gets along with the aliens so well? That
0: might be why they're best friends. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But he is being looked over by the by the astronaut doctor, the astro doctor, and she comments like, "Oh, you had, you know, have any problems with radiation? Are you feeling well?" And he's like. Uh, time's a flat circle, man. And she's like, all right, well. <laughs> <laughs> he also is the
1: lead astro doctor on there. He right? is, yeah. And yeah. also, like, asking someone if you've had problems
0: with radiation is sort of a buck-wild question to ask well, somebody. Yeah. Would <laughs> like, you know? I mean, I feel like she is trying to make a joke, because she's just like, seen anything glowing? <laughs> uh, well, yes. Radiation
2: damage. <laughs> ra- ra- the radi ocean? Like the radiation? Like Danny Ocean?
0: Yes, exactly, Danny Ocean. Like,
2: like Ocean's 8?
0: Just or like... Right into the Quiznos again, huh?
2: But either way, he
0: sounds like a crazy person just for the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't like people, and he makes it very uh, very clear that he doesn't like he people. He prefers
2: the hum of space.
0: So throughout this movie, uh, it cuts back and forth between character development, like Jake Gyllenhaal sounding a crazy person, and I guess Calvin development. So the alien becoming bigger, stronger, faster, I don't know. Uh, but the next scene that we get is Hugh sitting in front of the glove box, and they're staring at a much, much, much larger Calvin, um, implying that this organism is able to feed off of pure glucose and replicate extremely fast. It's growing.
1: And not only is it replicating, it's basically turning into a multi-celled organism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That. It's as crazy. far as I know does not happen with stuff on earth well, maybe because all,
0: maybe slime mold. slime mold and I think technically jellyfish like colony jellyfish like the Portuguese man of war it's a it's a single colony of organisms. It's not That's I mean cool. yeah, yeah.
2: This whole situation stems screams like some sort of stem cell. Um,
0: yeah, I mean the, the the fact that he says that uh, each one of these cells, and I don't know how he tests this just by staring into a microscope. Oh, he doesn't. Right. <laughs> sure. We should but talk about through movie magic, he tells us that uh, all of the cells in this Calvin are now able to act like muscle cells, receptor cells, neuron cells, uh, photoreceptors, things like that. Yeah. Uh, all at the same time.
2: Which is crazy.
0: Right. We get a character that explains this to us by going, oh, so you mean it can be all muscle, all eyeball, and all brain.
2: <laughs> yeah, Keanu Reeves comes yeah, in. <laughs> in. <laughs> but no, this is crazy though, because, well, obviously in humans, right. those distinct types of cells serve that singular function, at right. least for the most part, right? And then you can, obviously, you have neural cells in your brain, you have you have muscle cells in your muscles, you have like photoreceptor cells in the back of your eye.
0: Well, you mentioned stem cells,
2: right? So, stem I mean, cells.
0: All of these cells come from a single yes, type of but cell.
2: That's the thing though, the, a stem cell is induced to take up on the fate of one of these types of functional cells. Exactly. It's a, it's That's a the terminal crazy part. existence. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, And somehow, these cells, Calvin cells, are able to perform all these functions simultaneously. Well,
0: if we want to hand wave like later on Calvin... It is hand wave. It, it, it's already hand waved here, yes. but like if we want to hand wave more for the movie since it did such a bad job, we'll do it. Uh, later on, the organism does form whole eyes so like maybe you could say that these stem cells are in a state of flux right like these cells are able to differentiate into a single thing i suppose and back like an eventually elemental state but right not in a womb or something right like exactly like at some point it's able to settle on a specific cell type <coughs> and then because we see that it forms like vasculature later on as well it I, does i
1: honestly think the craziest part about this is that you have a single celled organism that apparently starts dividing and then starts acting like a
0: full organism, full the organism. Yeah. because it's, the thing
1: is like it like uh even in this case of like slime mold so there's basically a type of mold where i'm not man, i'm not even sure about the full mechanism but you can get like single cells that will be alive on their own and totally functional and right. they will aggregate together and like migrate as a group yeah in order to like I don't even know what they're looking for. Food, probably? Yeah. I'm I mean, they, they act
0: in concert through cell-to-cell yeah. content. They, like, right? act mm-hmm.
1: together. They form this big, like, content blob. So it's basically a bunch of single cell organisms that also act together as, like, a multi-celled organism under certain conditions. Right. But this is, like, the cell, single cells that are splitting up, acting together as a multi-celled organism, and then also having differentiated, like capabilities yeah like being able to sense light being able to do muscle movement stuff like that like it's kind of yeah. crazy like that's
0: that does that is not like anything that we would see on earth right and and early on when we're seeing this thing form and we get this nice scene where hugh is like our uh, dr derry or whatever his name is is like running his finger in front of this thing and it's like sensing where he is and moving after him so they're saying oh this is the photosensitive like photosensitivity and things like that but The other thing that's crazy about this thing growing early on is the amount of energy in the form of glucose that it consumes and the amount of growth that it goes through is bananas. It's a single cell, and they put it in a pool of glucose, and it
2: eventually, (laughs) like like without any of this,
0: it becomes like a starfish, yeah, the size of a starfish, which is insane.
2: Within a matter of days, as far as we can tell. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So.
1: And, uh. Eventually develops a taste for human blood, but we'll get yeah. to that later. Well,
2: it's yeah. it's not the blood first. It's the I mean, well, I suppose we can go into this. Well, no, not yet. I mean, what else happens? But what else?
1: There's a major event that sets off that. Makes Cowan behave abnormally.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a seal that busts in the lab, and we, we learn that Hugh is responsible for overlooking this. Uh, and apparently it alters the pressure or right. the gas content of the right. box itself. Right. And uh, old Ryan Reynolds uh, runs in there, and he solves the problem. They come back out, and they have a Come to Jesus meeting where they talk about, like, oh, you need to make sure everything inside of this room is... Uh, in perfect condition because no one else can do it except you and that's where we get introduced to Firewall Lady who we see throughout the movie who talks about she's apparently the security officer for the show Uh, and she says like the box is Firewall 1 this room is Firewall 2 and the rest of us is Firewall 3 or whatever it is
2: it's a pretty um, big jump from firewall two to firewall three.
0: Yeah, but the I think what they're just trying to drive home is that we have to keep it inside we this have box to keep it contained. Yeah. and yes. failing that we have to keep it inside the lab. Yeah. They're right. just like it's an unknown
1: you know, life form. Right. We have right. to make sure that we don't just let it loose. Which just makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
2: the consequence of this situation is that because of the changes in the in the atmosphere in the lab, or at least, or the box itself, the organism basically goes Dormant yeah. Right Yeah um, It loses consciousness We'll just call it uh, it, goes it goes into goes suspended Into, animation into is, Stasis yeah. Hibernation um, Nap time So Hugh is very concerned About this And he's thinking About different ways To wake it up It's his friend It's his buddy It's his
1: child Yeah he's very attached To Way Galvan. too close To the situation You didn't Why, why did they
2: name it yeah, Why they should name it? it. They they should don't name
0: it. You never yeah. name never it. Never name it. No, yeah. don't name it. Um, or just like a shitty name,
2: like one that you would, like Chad. Yeah. Yeah, like or, or like Dirk or something. Oh Oh, Dirk oh my stick. god. Guys, yeah.
1: Dirk and Chad just unsubscribed from our podcast. Oh no! <laughs> <How dare you? laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: So Chad Dirklington also Sorry Chad Dirklington. <laughs> yeah, Dirk Chadlington. Um Lord Dirkington. Earl uh, of Chad.
2: Earl of, Chad, of, Chad. of Chad'sbury. Okay. He's yeah. the
1: guy who made the sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: So, Hugh finally settles on, okay, I'm going to wake it up by shocking it. This is the
0: most ridiculous part about this. Crazy. Well, there's a lot of this ridiculous. It is, is, but
2: this is a bad idea because, like...
0: What does he use to shock at Pace?
2: He uses, like, some sort of of wand type. Um, It looks
0: like... A cattle prod that, like a character in Mega Blocks would hold. It looks and like it. A, literally, a, is a tiny a cattle. long It's a teaser. cattle prod that came out of
1: the Honey I Shrunk the kids machine. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's Bro, a cattle right. prod that the small soldiers use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That movie. Did you
1: have another reference, John? Sorry. I'm just saying Rick Moranis
0: made it. <laughs> nice.
2: yes. Rick Moranis, Rick Moranis is, a, very, is very sm- a short dude. And, so. they,
0: and they, they do these tests of him shocking the organism, which by the way is now the size of a starfish. Again, yes, yes.
2: Absurd. It's absurd.
0: Um, it, under the guise of wanting to see how electrical stimulation affects the organism. Uh, because it's asleep, they want to try and shock it awake. Which... I would have made the argument that under these conditions, like if it's still technically alive, which they say it's alive, Mm -hmm. I don't know how they tell that, but maybe they did an experiment. Mm. But if you wanted to see whether or not it was conducting electricity or giving off any sort of electrical impulses, like say for those for neural, after neural development. Um, they would have done something completely different. They wouldn't have just shocked the surface of the organism. Yeah, they would. They could have looked at salt exchange across the surface of a membrane in order to see whether or not there's like a, a, a small electrical signals conducted.
2: Yep. They could have
0: hooked. I don't know. I'm sure there's. Some they could energy. have done
2: electrophysiology just. Like yes, easily, thank you. Um, to just like you, where you just involves taking like a glass electric like probe and then you just right. stick it in a singular cell in the organism and and you can tell if it has any activity. Um, Right. So there are other ways they could have gone about doing this.
0: But instead, Hugh decides to take on the approach that Draco Malfoy takes in Rise of the Planet of the Apes to try and <laughs> wake this thing up with a cattle prod. Yeah. Uh, how does it go, Pace? Fill us in on yeah, this good experiment. This is, this is a
2: very. So, first off, no controls. Grade A experiment, an N of one. As, <laughs> as most things happen.
0: I mean, right? to so be fair, recruitment was probably fairly difficult. True, <laughs> there aren't a whole lot of
2: Martians signing up for these experiments. Um, but basically, the, the organism. Wakes up out of his slumber. Quite absurd. And it kind of is just like easing its way into gently caressing Mm -hmm. Hugh's hand, gloved hand in the hot box. Um, and then it eventually becomes a firm hand grip. And then eventually it's, it's crushing, it's crushing, it's crushing. And you're selling it, you're selling it, you're branding slapping it. slapping in a lunchbox, And it crushes his hand to death. Oh boy. Um, and so, <laughs> his hand dies. And then there's, there's kind of, there's a less, it's obviously a tense moment in the atmosphere. And Ryan Reynolds is trying to bust in and be like, hey, let me save him, let me save him, let me save him. But eventually it b- just breaks at least most of the bones in Hugh's hand. And he pulls his hand out and it's just, It's limp, completely limp, because all the bones are broken, and he passes out. He passes out from the pain, Um, or because he's sleepy. Right. So then, this is the first instance where we garner the the intelligence that this this alien has, Um, because it recognizes that the wand, the taser, uh, the cow prodding electrical source. Uh, was the source of its pain. And it, it actually finds the uh, uh, a second wand that Hugh had tried to use to kind of distract it. Oh, up, no, it's, up the with his hand. it's the same wand. Oh, it's yeah. the same he wand. He grabs okay. just the broken wand. He grabs the wand and he, the, the alien breaks it, the starfish alien breaks it, and then he uses it to poke a hole in the glove apparatus yeah. and then escape into the open laboratory.
0: This, for me, other than, like, the whole concept, right was one of the least believable portions of this movie. Right. That right. one of the things that is just patently insane about this is that this organism... Okay, we can say that it's intelligent, right? It displays intelligence later on. Yeah. And it displays reasoning capabilities. But this organism goes from lightly interacting with with Hugh's finger to having already understood how tools work yep. in a manner of seconds. Yeah. It, it, it understands all of a sudden that even by using this, that this thing is sharp, even though it, at zero interaction with it is being sharp. Right. And that by using it, it can cut its way through the glove. Right. Yeah, that is, com- that is inc- completely bonkers. unbelievable. It's bonkers. i like
1: that it's even, I don't know, even the concept that it's like contained in this box and stuff. Like, yeah. It just becomes anthropomorphized,
0: like yes instantly. They're just Real, like, "This is an intelligent thing that really wants to fucking get out of here and hates yes. you." now and, and they like, they imply that like the intelligence that is inherent to the organism translates to experience. And it, it, well,
2: that's not how that works. I mean, the given you can you can hand wave and make shit up all you want about we don't understand what extraterrestrial life might look like, but as far as we know, this is organic life, yeah. and because it feeds on the same things that we do, sure, and so therefore you would assume. That at least it would take the similar amount of time to adapt to its environment and to to quote unquote learn in the same manner that organic life does in general. Sure, I um, mean
0: the organism would have spent uh, probably four days smashing around the inside of the the box trying to to, to understand that it couldn't break through solid glass. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been the very as far
1: first as I know, it was
2: in the petri dish the whole time.
0: Right,
1: that's the thing. It's also just sitting in a dish, and then all of a sudden it's just
0: like. What? I'm out of here. And just like,
1: jumps and out. I'm, on and stage. I'm going to kill you.
0: Well, I mean, you can understand, like, I can understand, and or at least buy, at least, that when he shocks it, it grabs the wand. Makes sense. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, no, like, yes. like, oh, Fine. shit, this is the source of my, yes. my problem. And then when it grabs onto his hand and he starts struggling, right, mm-hmm. if it's searching for food or it's, uh, like, it has a, a prey, any sort of prey response, which some organisms do, yeah. right? then it may just hold on because it feels movement, right? right. that
1: all makes sense. The
0: fact yes. that it breaks his finger is bullshit. Yes. And the fact that it grabs a spear and then rips its way through rubber because that's the only breakable right. point in the box is right. ridiculous. So at that point, you're so, going... So,
2: sorry, go ahead, Sean.
1: Well, I was going to say, so this is one of the themes that I guess Ken and I and Pace were discussing after the movie is that there's this overarching point that like, oh, it's just a an organism trying to survive and it doesn't, there's no like mal intent from it. It's just trying to like feed and be itself. Sure. I just like, don't think that that premise is true based on the way it attacks them. Like it broke his hand. It neutralized the threat of the wand instantly. Yeah. And it would just broke this guy's hand for no reason. There was no food. There was no, it's literally just like being aggressive towards him. It was, which like, animals still do but to say that like oh the animal isn't aggressive it's just eating it's like it can be one in the same like tigers are aggressive and also just want to eat like except
0: tony the
2: tiger well yeah but he's great (laughs) you didn't think i was gonna do it did you (laughs) i'm so happy you did At, at the same time the the so his hands were gloved if you let's say it was this was some sort of like prey response or at least like a survival instinct. If he maybe the alien thought this was like food, a source of food or something, you wouldn't have had any sort of like. If it smells, there's not going to be any smell from the from the glove. Sure. All the, the 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 creature has to go off of is, is just physical stimulation, right? I think I think the
0: the real point to make here, just to wrap it all up in a nice bow, is that like if it had grabbed onto his hand, there's no way an organism this side would have been able. The size would have been able to break all of his bones no. in that manner, no. and without. Him just being able to slip out of a rubber glove that he was wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just... The, it's plot. It's driving the plot.
1: The strength of the organi- organism is not proportional to its size. Not yeah. only that,
0: but the physics involved with him just in, inverting the glove, everting the glove as he removed it from the box would have just made the thing come The whole with. thing would have come with it. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah. Right, yeah, right. right. Anyway, so after this happens, old Ryan Reynolds
2: is stuck inside of this box because, well, because w- he goes in and tries to... Ryan rushes in. Ryan, Ryan rushes, in, rushes in. in.
1: So, yeah, sorry. He
2: no, it's opens. okay. I was just going to say Ryan rushes in and well, he goes in to get Hugh's body, that's yes. the yep. main reason.
1: Calvin right? breaks out. Yep. And they know that Hugh's not dead, but he's yep. unconscious. Yep. So Ryan's like the whole time they're like no one go in. It's quarantine. It's quarantine. And then apparently the door doesn't lock. It's like a pretty shitty quarantine cuz yeah, like, anyone right? could just open the door. Yes. And Ryan just goes, "Fuck this." I think he actually says "Fuck this" and yeah, he just opens I, I the door so. and runs in. Yeah. And he's able to get Hugh out, and Calvin starts chasing him, and Jake Gyllenhaal slams the door in front of Ryan because they're trying to keep Calvin in. Yeah. So now Ryan's just... Well, because t- that's Firewall
2: 2. Right? Yeah. Right? So they
1: traded out Hugh for Ryan yeah, in this yeah, room yeah. now.
2: Yeah. And so now Ryan's in the, alone in the room.
0: They traded out a scientist with a broken hand for a guy who literally fixes the ship. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for so, the space cowboy. Yeah. yeah, for the space cowboy. So at that, at this point, they're they're going back and forth on what's the best way to deal with the fact that Calvin has now latched on to Ryan Reynolds' foot. Right. Um, and so I think initially he he uses um, isn't it, he initially grabbed like one of, like one of the taser type things and shot. Yeah, it they off call it like an oxygen lamp. Oxygen, oxygen lamp. He so does one of those. Okay. Yeah, okay. It, it, it's the,
0: effectively a flare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So he uses that initially, but then um, I believe it's... um, What is his name? Dr. Show. Dr. Show uh, suggests, oh, use the (laughs) flamethrower.
1: He says something. Use the incinerator. Incinerator. Use the incinerator.
2: And so apparently there's an incinerator readily available in the lab. Um, I think we could say at this point in the movie all hell has broken, all loose. Hell Yay, broken right. loose. All hell
1: loose. All hell is broken loose All hell breaks loose. Sorry, face. continue. Now no, that it's all, okay. hell all hell is broken loose, I don't want people to know that it doesn't get any fucking better from there's here.
0: All of the hell is just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. there's hell, and it's just spilled all yeah. over the floor. Like, yeah. like milk or a raccoon in your trash can, right, Base? Dude,
2: they just they get right up in there. Yeah. Yeah. And so right now, Calvin is about to be all up in Ryan. But before this happens, Ryan tries to burn it to death with the incinerator using lots and lots of fuel and burn I figured there'd be more collateral damage by this and just like a buck wild scene where this thing is apparently
0: resistant to white hot fire it's
2: resistant to, to yeah to, to a, a fucking flamethrower um, which is absurd it's crazy because it is biological life
0: you know what's even
1: more
2: absurd what? That, Tell me, like, Sean.
1: You're just shooting an open flame in the middle of a space station. I mean, I yeah, agree it's, with pretty that, it's pretty crazy. But I was absurd. still caught
0: up and so angry I was about how an organism with a translucent epidermis was able to resist a blowtorch. Right? Yes, right. Yes. Yes. There That's aren't crazy. many organisms that can put up with a blowtorch. Especially
1: not ones that don't have, like, a hard shell or something. Right. right. I mean, like, right. not this to thing be graphic, is, but if you take a blowtorch
0: to a turtle, it's not going to have a good time. No, yeah. no. It's, yeah.
1: It didn't make any sense why it was was resistant yeah. to just, like, fire. Right. It also didn't make that much sense why just, like... I get that when you build space stations, you build everything flame-resistant, because if there's a fire, it's a huge It's issue, a big problem. But... That also means that open fires are a very
0: big problem. (laughs) He's still firing a flamethrower
2: into open cavities. Yeah, Yeah.
1: but, but, you know.
0: So it doesn't
2: work at all. Eventually, Calvin catches up with Ryan. And he just gets um, in there. And he enters through Ryan's oral cavity. He does. He takes uh, a trip. Bodily. Bodily inside. Just takes a trip down the old gullet. And then uh, Ryan begins to... I mean, he looks like he's in a lot of pain. uh, And it's actually a pretty grotesque scene... With, I mean, there's a lot of blood involved. We don't have to go into it too much, but I mean, he, he, he kills Ryan. Uh, kills Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan dies. He
1: kills Ryan Reynolds from the inside out, and then like the movie Inside Out,
2: like, that's how that goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the
1: flamethrower, which still has the pilot light or whatever the fuck it is, yes, lit, oh, yes, God, I is forgot about just st- like floating because it's all zero ice Yeah, and the flamethrower just gently floats into like. A fire alarm, basically? A sprinkler system or something? Yeah, it triggers a fire alarm. It's not water, but yeah, it's a fire alarm, which, like, he was just blasting flames all around the room, but apparently this small flame now triggers it. So all this, like, uh, gas starts coming out, like fire suppressant gas and shit, like probably CO2, is flooding into the room. And then we see Calvin climb out of Ryan Reynolds' mouth, and he's, like, doubled in size. He's a big boy now.
2: He's probably, like, he's a big five boy. times
1: the size that he used to be. Yep. In about, I don't know, one minute. He's
2: <laughs> he's, uh, he's growing at an like exponential rate, so he must be somehow consuming Ryan's biological material. I
0: He could eat the size that he goes, because he goes from about being the size of a starfish mm-hmm. to being, like, maybe the size of a schnauzer. I want to say. Like, Bigger than that, even. Maybe, maybe like a dachshund. Sure. Kind of? yeah. I know those pet references. Good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, within a matter of like maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. It makes no sense. no way that that could happen. Nope. Nope. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That's just
2: not how physics works. Nope. At all. Either way, he gets out. At this point, Calvin is looking for an escape out of this room. Yep. For some reason. He just fed. And now he wants to get out. I'm actually kind of fused, confused by this because, I mean, he's shown to be intelligent and he did escape the lab, but he should be, like, more or less content. It seems like this organism is being driven by something else besides just survivability at this point. Yeah, I,
0: I think it's just implied that, like, it's just it's just a spooky device. Like, yeah. the organism barely eats any—I mean, enough to make Ryan upset, but barely eats any <laughs> of Ryan, uh, climbs back out again, is like, fuck this, I'm out, and then has to escape from the room. And it's just menace the movie's setting up. Yeah, I mean, it's because like, (laughs) as much
1: as they want to say the organism is just like doing stuff to survive, it's, it's not. It's obviously has some intelligent motive that it's trying to do. Something. It's on a rampage. Yeah, it's just on a rampage.
0: But basically, they try and they close all of these uh, different um, cooling escapes. systems that have come out, like, or that popped out, and they go and they close one each one by one in the slowest man- manner possible. I don't know why our great doctor show couldn't just like get four fingers on four at a time and just shut them all <laughs> off because they're just pushing buttons. Yeah. Uh, but either way, it ends up getting through one of them and it makes its way into the cooling system. Yeah. Uh, which means
2: – go ahead. I was just going to say, at, at this point in the film, I think most of the science is over. Yeah. Uh, because now we're just – just it's a chase scene for the rest of the film.
0: Basically, it makes its way into the coolant system, and the last bit of major science that we get is its survivability in space. Yeah. Because Cat yeah. goes on a walk out in order to try and reestablish uh, communications with Houston – with the ground yep. because they find out that they can't report this organism Okay, within they, they the, the organism somewhere in, in the ISS. They're like, we have to report it. They can't. They don't have any communications. Cat goes outside to try and repair that and she takes a look inside of the coolant system because they think that's where the organism is uh, and they hand some argument that because it's a carbon-based life form, the important thing here is is that they know that it needs water, oxygen, nutrients, energy to survive, yep. that it needs a source of water so it likely somehow metabolizes the coolant. She opens the coolant tank, and of course it's a a hole that nobody can see into, which means a monster's going to come out of it, and it does in fact pop out and wrap itself around her leg. And they find out that all the coolant is gone, and that's why the uh, communications that went out.
1: Yep. Which, like, I think is another pretty wild assumption that the movie makes. Like, yes, we we need water, right, to live. Humans need water. We can't drink coolant. No. Because coolant may be water-based, but it has, like... Any freeze in it yeah which is toxic to us yeah and like apparently this organism as long as there's
0: water it could just eat
1: anything yeah I mean stuff. I
0: guess like the because the scientist I think you mentions this is Hugh I guess in that given scenario if they had opened the lid of the coolant tank and there had been no coolant left in it I would have been like well I fucking guess it drank it because I can't think of another reason why this would not be in here yeah right No, no, I get it. I'm just
1: surprised that it can drink any source of water and not have any negative ramifications of that. Well,
0: I mean, at this point, and uh, we can go ahead and jump right into this if you want. At this point, all science goes out the window. Well, yeah. I mean, this thing is essentially an indestructible, like, giant starfish monster that's just
1: destroying everything in its path.
0: So if we assume that it needs water, right? When you look at it, you can literally see that there are effectively veins, so there's a vasculature system right yep. within it. So yep. that means that this thing needs to be able to retain a pressure system inside of itself, okay? It has water inside of it, and it apparently needs oxygen. But the fact the it looks like economy.
2: it looks like it would have some type of of blood. It might not be like blood sure. and like it might not be maintain the same chemical composition as human blood, but it looks like it would have blood and blood blood cells are most you're most likely gonna need Oxygen for the... Sure. uh, So...
1: It basically doesn't look like one
0: solid collection of the same cells. Yeah. It's got different things inside. Yes. As we mentioned earlier, something about this organism is causing cells to differentiate. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And now it's producing different effects. Right. So the main tenets that I wanted to make here is the fact that this thing is now in space. Right. Where there's no air. So for (laughs) starters, it would need to have some sort of body that would allow it to contain excuse me, the water, and then, as you mentioned, oxygen in its body without having any of that escape into the vacuum of space. Right. Which, like... In zero pressure, that's pretty crazy. Impossible Mm -hmm. for this thing, especially at its size. I mean, we know that uh, tardigrades can, what, they last for, what, 10 hours in the vacuum of space? I believe it's 10 days. And tardigrades are are what, again? Tardigrades are these small organisms that are colloquially known as water bears. Uh, Water bear. Water bears? In the phylum... Tardigrata. There's not really much else because it's the only kind of organism as it's, uh, of its kind. Uh, they're really cute. They have little faces and they there's little clawed arms. And they are classically known to be able to ex- uh, survive extremely hazardous conditions. Right. Including the vacuum of space. Space base. But in order to do this, they slow their metabolism way, 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 way down. As far as I know, they expel a large portion of the liquid from their bodies. Ah, uh, Okay this thing is not doing not, that. It's not doing any of that nope. in fact it's moving around like a squid right in space yep and it's and like, still managing to survive it's basically unhindered by the fact that it's in the vacuum of space yeah which exactly. is crazy
2: yeah it is yeah
0: um and the, the other thing too is that, and we touched on this a little bit is that you mentioned that because it has a vascular, uh, vascular system regardless of what kind of thing it's transporting around its body which would be the only reason for it to have one right because we use
2: Ours transport
0: uh, oxygen Mm -hmm. using hemoglobin. Yeah. Yeah. If this thing is using it for gas exchange, all of that gas would immediately leave his body. Yeah. It would completely decompress. Right. He would. He would die at about the same speed as any other organism, like us, would in space, which I think is like two minutes. Yeah. So. Really fast. Very fast, and not the, like, 45 minutes it spends. Yeah, in Calvin was out there space. for a while. Yeah, they also keep saying that it needs
1: oxygen, but it also can just go without oxygen for, like, a long time. And they don't, right. they
0: well, give the, well, no
2: rationale for that either.
0: Well, the guy explains, like, oh, maybe it has a mechanism to hold its breath. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah. even if it has, like, makeshift lungs on the outside... The little makeshift lungs in its see-through tiny body aren't going to be enough to prevent that oxygen from dissipating in the yes, vacuum of space. Exactly, All of those oxygen molecules are going to move away from each other as fast as they possibly can, and Calvin's tiny baby lungs would explode. Yeah. He'd be and a then dead no, squid. More, no more Calvin. Squid. No more
2: Calvin. Thank
0: God. Hobbes would be upset. Wow. I'm, I'm probably upset. better off,
2: though.
1: Well, so next, I mean, we could probably sum up the next few parts pretty fast, but, yeah. but essentially... The uh, commander who went on the spacewalk is trying to get back to the shuttle. She's like, oh, God, Calvin's on me. I'm trying to get back into the space station. And Calvin breaks her coolant tank, so the coolant in her spacesuit is just leaking into her helmet. Yeah. She's basically, like, running through space, like, drowning in the coolant that's building up her thing. She dies because she locks herself out of the
0: space station. She's like, I'm not going to make it. One quick point I wanted to make. Uh She locks herself out. At no point does she just launch her body into space.
1: I mean, that would have been a lot yeah. better. She could have yeah. just
0: Michael Jordaned off the side of the ISS, <laughs> off into deep space, yeah, Like, out solved yourself? the problem.
2: Why lock yourself out when you can just fly away? Just go away. I mean, she like, knows she's going to die. That was yeah. the thing go. we
1: have with this movie is, like, they all seem very willing to sacrifice themselves to get rid of Calvin and, like, not have him go to Earth. But they have a lot of opportunities to do this that they don't take.
0: And they seem resistant. Yeah,
1: they. I mean, like, I get that you would be resistant to just, like, kill yourself to yeah. to get rid of Calvin, but it's also, like... They talk about it a lot and they talk s- about how they all knew what they were signing up for. Yeah, and they yeah. keep doing things that also put them in harm's way. They're just like suboptimal decisions. I mean, it is a
2: horror movie. Yeah, you, you always have. Yes, to know I it. know. But when the, I'll go check that out. When the, when the, <laughs> when their <laughs> yeah. moment of truth comes, they always just completely botch it. Yeah, and do at least as, at least make a decision that is semi-dangerous and is, is not uh, doesn't really further the life of the crew.
0: So if we want to blast through it pretty quickly, basically Calvin's on the outside of the ship. Uh, They realize that the only place that he can get in are the thrusters. So we get this kind of cool scene where they're all watching the uh, thruster sensors, uh, I guess, which... I don't know, detail movement or something? Temperature. 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 temperature changes? Temperature. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they see that, like, whenever he enters a thruster, there's a temperature change, so they blast it in order to try and keep him out. Right. They realize that by doing this, they're setting the cells into what's known as a decaying orbit.
2: They're also running out of fuel.
0: They are running out of fuel um, in a decaying orbit instead of actually maintaining a constant orbit at a constant distance around the outside of uh, around around earth yeah in a decaying orbit you gradually get closer and closer and closer to the surface they obviously don't want to bring him back so they're like all right well we'll just let him in because we can't keep doing this and we have to course correct
2: and it's better to it's better to to maintain your course around the earth as opposed to uh, going into the atmosphere with a killer space alien exactly so
0: so he makes it back in they decide well we'll just block ourselves off into a single area uh, Hugh sees something out of the corner of his eye, doesn't tell his crewmates at all. We know earlier from uh, dialogue in the movie and from character development that Hugh is on wheelchair bound uh, when he's back on Earth. Yep. Uh, so being in space gives him an opportunity, obviously, to uh, coordinate himself and be mobile in a way that he wouldn't normally be able to. Um, but it plays a part in the specific plot because Hugh goes into cardiac arrest and they finally take a look at his legs, and they see that uh, Calvin has been munching on those chicken sticks.
2: Mm. He's, just been, he's just been chewing down there. It's oh. not good. I will say. Not good for you. The, uh, the cardiac arrest scene, this was one of the primary scenes where they brought in uh, a medical doctor consult. For the for the film, okay, uh, to make sure that it would be at least semi accurate, right? They use a fairly modern uh, technique to do this. I think one of the one of the like newest tools you would use to do it doesn't even like isn't even theatrical, so they use like a semi semi dated one. But nonetheless, there were, the doctor was like, apparently telling them throughout the scenes like, oh, like hold these tools like this, like this is how you would actually the do it. Defibrillators, yes. Yeah. At uh, which case, I would just like to stare at Sigourney Weaver for just a really really long time and be like. Do you know how to hold things? Do you know uh, how to hold things? Right, 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 right. Okay, oh sorry, okay. that did not land as well as I hoped No, it would didn't. Land. That's because you're referencing a critique
0: that we made in a previous episode. <laughs> yes, that we recorded like three well, months she ago. Couldn't, months
2: she couldn't. She couldn't hold a pipette, right? No, I feel you. But so what this... you're
0: saying is like they brought in a uh, a medical consult to tell them how to to tell them how to hold things. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll agree with that.
2: Yeah, James Cameron could not be bothered. No, he couldn't. He could not. Uh, I just thought that was a funny tidbit.
1: Yeah, no, so. it was. No, it seemed fine to me. But so basically, he goes into cardiac arrest. They take him out. They find yeah. that Calvin's eating his leg, mm. and then. You know, they all freak out and they're trying to get Calvin off of him. I don't even remember what they. I think they like zap him with something. Yeah. So
0: they. This is another really frustrating point in the movie because they're like, "Get the plasma cutter." It yeah. Sounds great. Sounds like it'd probably sounds, kill it probably.
1: Sounds like it probably does stuff.
0: And then one of the one of the astronauts passes it to another one, and he goes, "Whoops!" And it just <laughs> And
1: it. just misses it, That's and like, then nothing. They don't, don't go after <laughs> it or anything. Yeah. Which sounds like it would deal with anything, right? right. It's called yeah. a plasma cutter. It sounds like it's from
0: a video game. it you does know? Right. It's Like yes. Uh, anyways, she leans forward, for uh, the person who is defibrillating him leans forward and defibrillates the monster, which Calvin doesn't like. Uh, so at this point, we see Calvin in his full form, in his final form, uh, as he pulls himself up and starts running after them. We've
2: reached stage three. Yeah.
0: And and, and and during this time, they were able to resurrect Hugh, and then he immediately passed out again, I assume from just copious blood loss. Yeah. So,
1: mm-hmm. Well, he doesn't just pass out.
0: No, he dies. I mean, he dies. dies. That's yeah, what I meant. Sorry, yeah. he, goes, he goes to permanent sleep. Yeah, so so now... He passes out forever. <laughs>
2: they're down, now nope. we're down to nope. two people. We got, still three. We've got there. three
0: people left, uh, but uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and the actress whose name I cannot remember, so I'm going to stall for a little bit and then look that up. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was Rebecca Ferguson. Yes, it was indeed. <laughs> that was good stalling. Good. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal and Rebecca Ferguson, Ferguson run in the correct direction, and Dr. Show runs in the other
2: direction towards the sleep pods and then locks himself in some of the sleep pods. Well, because importantly at this point, I think we're, I think we're there. Um, they had contacted, I guess, NASA, right? Yeah. Or whoever, whoever down on the surface and they had told them, they're like, oh, we have like this unidentified alien life form loose in our, in the ISS. Yeah. And so you're now past, you're now in firewall three, baby. Um, and so they have, they have a protocol established, which in this instance is to, what do they say? Was either expel or contain. Right, right.
0: Show up and basically what they're planning to do is show up and push
2: them into deep they're gonna space. They're going to push the ISS away from Earth into deep space to get rid of the organism. And
0: we get this kind of ridiculous scene where, uh, well, the, the, organism antagonizes show and then runs away and tries to crack the sleep yeah. pod, can't do it, and just disappears for no reason. And they're, they are able to somehow track the organism in a, like a plot device that's not really used that much
2: oh, because yeah. it says, that, oh, it must have swallowed
0: his tracker on Hugh's leg. Cool. Girl. They only use
2: it once, really.
0: Yeah. It, it only shows up one time. It's no. I think it was supposed to be sort of an homage to like them tracking the alien in the alien films. Right. Right, the xenomorph, but I, I don't know. Any, either way. You're right, the cavalry cavalry does show up. Uh, they have no idea what's going on because they can't establish a connection. Right. Show hops out of his sleep pod and goes into the same area where the monster is.
2: Well, because he thinks it's a rescue as well. I, I so. would
0: just hang out. Yeah. I would just probably stay. Yeah. Right? Or go in the opposite direction. Right. But he lets the, uh, the cavalry in um, when our two heroes, Jake and Miranda, show up. Uh, they see that show is in the far end of this area, and Calvin is currently killing all of the astronauts, including Show. The uh, pod that has shown up to push them away starts breaking off of the outside of the ISS, and that lets uh, that causes the cabin to depressurize. So almost immediately, Show, Calvin, Miranda, and Jake are being pulled towards that end of the uh, end of the cabin, and then we get this really long scene where like. The monster climbs up Show's body as he and Miranda grab arms, and then as it grabs Miranda's arms, Show finally, you know, gets his shit together, grabs the organism, and then lets go to like pull it into the in, in, into space with him. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. And then at yeah, that point, self-sacrifice. <clears throat> exactly, but it just doesn't fucking work. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, <laughs> it just he never works. The, the thing kills him, and then it crawls back into the ship. Yeah, basically.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. okay. There is a the. <laughs> Space is a vacuum, right? Yeah. All <laughs> right. They're in a space station, and there's just like debris and shit flying past their heads, just yeah. like all these random like loose pieces of paper, I guess, that they keep at the space station. Yeah. Everything's flying out towards space, and they're like holding on to the side of the space station, like trying to keep from getting pulled out into space. Yeah. And then Calvin and Joe like fly back into the pod, and Calvin's just like, "I'm just gonna climb back up. Just yeah, climb yeah, back no up problem. Against the vacuum, not no an problem. issue."
0: Even though he was struggling massively, not even like a second. Yeah, seconds left. and then they do it too. Yeah,
1: like I. Understand. They're having the
0: hardest time, like trying to hold on, and then all of a sudden, when it's convenient for them to leave, they just leave. No yeah,
1: problem. they're just like go, and they climb back out, and it's just crazy. So then we're left with just Jake Gyllenhaal and.
0: Uh, Her character's name is Miranda. I forgot her name. almost immediately. You just looked it up. I literally did. And her name is Rebecca Ferguson.
1: Rebecca Ferguson. I don't remember Jake Gyllenhaal's character's name, so... Uh, Rory. No, wait. That was Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. David
0: Jordan. We're with... He's got two first names.
1: We're with Jake Gyllenhaal and... (laughs) Fuck, I forgot. Wait, Rebecca Ferguson. I just said it. It's Rebecca Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. (laughs) And they're the last two left. Yep. Um, J. Becca. There's this scene where as they get out of this pod area, the pod that was peeling away from the space station now basically swings back and hits the space station and just blows part of the space station Right,
0: apart. and sends them back into decaying orbit. Right,
1: sends them back into decaying orbit and also just, like, wrecks everything they have going on. So, like, their yeah. life support is failing. The whole place is depressurized. They're, like, out of fuel. They're in decaying orbit. Yeah. And there's this really, I don't know. Ridiculous <laughs>
0: scene <laughs> where Jake Gyllenhaal recites most of Goodnight Moon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they have like their tragic, like, we're going to die moment, and then they go back into planning mode. Like,
0: okay, let's figure out what to the do. Only,
2: the only problem I had about this with this scene, because,
0: like, okay, fine. Yeah, sure. There's more character development, and there's like a slight romantic scene. It was kind of like a family guy joke where it felt like it went on for like <laughs> maybe 30 seconds too long. Yeah. Like, and it got a little weird. But basically, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal says goodbye air, and he's like, goodbye air. Goodbye air we should use the escape pods to get out of here. And yeah, we're, we're all like, yes, yes. That no, sounds, like, one, like, sounds like a good that, idea. you're, you're like, an escape pod.
1: He says it, and your immediate expression is just like, there's fucking escape pods on there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you haven't done that yet? Like, yeah. I don't... It's just the... Because the whole, their whole concern is they don't want to accidentally bring this organism down to Earth. Yeah. Right? So they're all like, we'll just die up here. You know, yeah. we got to make sure it doesn't fall to Earth. And their whole thing is they're like, even if the space station falls into the atmosphere, we think that it's possible that Calvin will survive and yeah. we can't have that happening, which is, again, pretty fucking crazy to even think that, yeah. that, like, Calvin can just survive falling from space onto a planet. Well,
0: we've shown that he's basically fucking Superman. He's invincible. Yeah. Apparently in space, he's indestructible, so, yeah. But either way, they decide that, like, one of them is going to, because they're now in a low-oxygen environment, they're shivering like crazy... One of them is going to take these magical oxygen sticks they have and they're going to lure Calvin into the escape pod. Old Jakey Jake's going to do this. Yeah, because Jake wants to die in space. Right, because he belongs in space. And he he hates people. He
2: hates people. He's going to sink into the void. And he tells
0: Rebecca Ferguson that she should go to the other escape pod and that while he overrides the pre-programmed course for their his escape pod It flies off into deep space, she can go to the surface. Yep. And of course they have this long, drawn-on conversation where they're both shivering, and then all of a sudden when it gets serious, Jake's not cold anymore, and he doesn't shiver at all, and doesn't stammer and say anything at all, and all the lines are very clear. <laughs> and I know that's very minute, but it <laughs> annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah.
2: um, so Jake executes this plan. He basically lures Calvin into the uh, into one of the escape pods using these oxygen sticks um, successfully does so and then um, uh, Rebecca Ferguson is able to do the same with the opposite escape pod and so everything's going according to plan. Yep. Until they're both kind of like on their course uh, and they hit some debris Yep. from the literally just like giant destroyed space station that they're surrounding right now. Yeah, the wheels of cheese. Is that what you said? Yeah, debris. Oh, my God. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Christ. Okay. Oh, man. Here we are. Wow.
1: Now, whenever the Gouda comes in, that's when things get real nasty. Real Gouda. Yeah. As good as
2: it gets. As good as it gets. <laughs> so, at the same time, during this is happening, we watch basically Jake's interactions with Calvin and his escape pod, and we see, like, Rebecca kind of just, like, hoping and thinking to herself, like, oh, I hope this goes well for me. Um, she does say that and, Yeah, she starts making a, a
1: log of what's happening
2: she starts making a log of what's happening describing the, uh, the alien and why it should never get to earth uh, meanwhile Jake is having a really intimate experience with Calvin um, they do basically kiss they do basically kiss basically um, at this point the two uh, escape pods are traveling, and one of them is traveling towards space, as anticipated. One's traveling towards Earth. However, we don't know which one is which. It could be that well, their their paths have gotten uh, d- disoriented, but due Might to the, be the old
0: bait and switch, due to the debris, yeah, the, uh,
2: the, uh-huh, the big old switcheroo. Um,
1: it's like so obvious that it's not going to. It's very obvious. It's yes. very yes. so, telegraphed. They spent yeah.
0: way too much time resolving this action. Yeah, they did. for it not to be. Oh shit! Yes, it's the wrong pod.
2: So after <laughs> after Calvin is like is attacking Jakey Pooh, they eventually get face to face, like literally face mm-hmm. to face, alien um, to Jake face. That's the last thing we see in that pod until that pod lands on Earth. Spoiler. Um, and two Vietnamese fishermen And two Vietnamese fishermen notice this pod Drone Land in the Boda. water and just Paddle on up there um, And free the beast And they free the beast They see Jake inside They also see just this disgusting looking At this point it almost looks kind of like Some sort of like spider web of, so, of like, the alien Kind like of like it's, a
0: beautiful chrysalis With our friend Jake inside Which is strange
2: because but it, I think this is important because Jake's alive Up until this point the alien had been pretty aggressive With its interactions with human human beings, yeah. and for whatever reason, this instance, Jake is still alive and has landed, and then the alien seems just kind of like static, like it's it's enveloping Jake, but it's not like he's able to talk. Yeah. He's able to say like, no, 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 don't open the thing. Like yeah, the it was a little and, weird. Like his very one just killed him. Yes yeah. right. So that was, that was weird
1: He's there just like yelling now And they're like what? I don't they're like, like oh let me open so up said, so I can hear uh, you better
0: I only speak Vietnamese yeah. I don't know what you're saying <laughs> um,
2: Yeah so that's the last thing that we see of him And also in the movie And obviously Rebecca is off flying into space She's gonna
1: die And she's just yelling now. No no, no Like Darth yes, Vader Yes <laughs> yes, yes.
2: Oh, um, And yeah, just her like TIE, like, TIE fighter spins away Yep yeah. <laughs> We and uh this is how we um this is how Cloverfield happens.
0: Yes, um, we determined that this movie is a prequel to Cloverfield. Has to be. Has yeah. to
2: be. And that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Um oh, we did it, guys. We God. made it. What a beefy we made film. it through this movie. Yep. Shall we rate this bad boy? Why don't we rate this bad boy?
0: Wee-ba-da-ba. Jake Gyllenhaal. Hall. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Rebecca Ferguson. Mm. Weighing in at 135 pounds, <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson versus the squid from beyond the terror of Mars, Cal Calvin
2: balland. Calvin Harris Calvin Calvin Harris, <laughs>
0: Calvin, Calvin Harris. Yep <laughs> Yes, yes. Anyway, yeah. anyway Don't Don't Explain the joke. <laughs> Should be great this bad boy We Should And yes. You Should Lead Us Off While I
1: Go Pete uh, Oh Oh Bye oh, You're Actually Going Yeah, yeah, yeah. There He Goes Bye. All Right um, what you guess, think, Sean? Uh, you know what? Honestly, okay, oh, I guess I'll bad, do the science. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let me, do the, <laughs> let me do the science, right? Okay. Tell me. So the science, um, I'm going to give them two. Okay. I want to give them a one, but I'm going to give them a two for one You movie. know how
2: dangerous it is to give movies one. I'm going to give them a two like, for,
1: for one reason. Okay. It's because when they looked at the organism as of when it was in its single cell yes. state, Yes. They described features that would potentially be on a single-celled organism that you'd find on Mars.
2: That's literally the only thing that I could also think of for the movie.
1: (laughs) And I was like, well, that's nice that they got that right. That's nice! I mean, because I think... They said buzzwords. Right. I think trying to attribute science to the last three quarters of the movie just doesn't... It's not worth it because it's not supposed to be scientific. It's supposed to be an indestructible monster that's bent on destruction. Yeah. So I think that the fact that they, like, did a decent job describing single-celled organisms and, like, that might be, like, a feasible, accurate thing that people could find, that's why I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5. Wow. That's a very generous 2 out of 5. I would give it a 1.5 out of 5. In fact, I'm going to give (laughs) it a 1.5 out of (laughs) 5. you're not. Yeah, I'm changing mine. It's a a 1.5 out of 5. So a 3 out of 10. Final answer, 1.5 out of 5, yes. Okay.
2: What about the entertainment factor? Uh,
1: I'm going to give it, like... A two, a two and a half out of five. Jeez. Oh, really? It's, like, right in the middle. It's, like, I fucking just... Fucking
0: anarchy here.
1: I just... I don't know. I It's not my type. I'm not really big into, like, the thriller monster movie sort of styles, especially mm-hmm. one that's not necessarily the most original concept. Right. It's, like, I, I think that the actors did a good job. I just, like... I don't know. It just didn't really impress me with anything. Sure. It was, like, I, I, I know what's gonna fucking happen. Yeah. You know, like it's just they're gonna run away from this monster the whole time and they're gonna make really stupid decisions trying to contain it and it's not gonna work. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like that was basically what happened. So
0: what about you, Pace?
2: Well, I had the same thoughts as Sean in regards to the science. Um uh, I mean I I probably actually even like lean towards like a one out of five. I really don't think that wow there was anything like really novel done here. They used some they used some words to describe cells, uh, and atmospheres. I suppose I'll maybe give it a two for like describing the differences in atmospheric like conditions between different time points on Earth. Um, I guess that's I guess that was that was informed. Um, and they, they did hire a few consultants, so the effort was there, so I guess I'll give it a two. That's fine. I'll give it a two. Oh, but overall God. the execution of the science, they could have done a lot more with it, I think. Um, I think we could have like we could have learned a lot more about Calvin. Uh, I think they they could have like ramped up. Uh, the discovery in regards to his properties, he could, have, he could have grown up slower, and then we could have learned more and more about him before he came. Before he became deadly, yeah. He, it before it became deadly. I, I just assumed it's gender. Christ, what am I doing? I mean, we um,
1: named him Calvin. So. True. I mean, I,
2: I, it's 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 a bias. Um, so two out of five for those reasons. I think it could have been better uh, for the reasons that I said, and for entertainment, I'm going to give it. I'm, I'm actually going to give it. Um, if I could give it a 3.5, I would. I'm going to give it a 4. Um, because... There we go. I, I actually really did like it. Um, I, I know that, Sean, you were talking about how this is a... It is, it is a repeated genre and a repeated plot line. But there's a reason for that. Is because It's this this style of the sequence of events is very entertaining. And whenever you add in some of my favorite actors like Brian Reynolds into the movie, I was... I mean, I was pretty satisfied Um I would watch it again. It was. I mean, I like you guys yeah. said you didn't have a lot of fun with it. I actually had fun with it, but I probably have seen less movies of this genre than you have. So it's just,
1: it's just not my style of movie. Yeah, but I like I thrillers
2: they, a lot. So yeah, I just don't. Right? I also like slashers. So this was like I along the same line. Like I like slashers. I, like slasher. um, I like
1: suspense, but like I just don't want to see them. Like, oh, there's this thing after us. We're gonna to to run one right the whole time. Like,
2: right. Uh, um. So yeah, that's what I thought. What about you, Mr. Kemnon? So I'm probably
0: going to be a little bit more generous than you guys are. Okay. Uh, I think in regards to the science, okay. uh, I actually think they did a pretty solid job of grounding this more in science than a lot of
2: other movies that deal with like extraterrestrial life. Interesting. Do well. Okay, um, if you're going to use that as your standard, okay. Yeah, well, of course. Like, I'm going to compare it to other movies. I think... Well, no, I know that, but, like, of other movies that are dealing specifically with extraterrestrial life. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, like, if
0: we're we're talking about something like Prometheus. Like, Prometheus is a really good movie, and it purports to be scientific in nature, thus being in the category of science fiction, but there is almost no science about this at all. Whereas something like this, at least masquerades for the first part as being fairly accurate and manages to use scientific jargon, not in a way that just sounds like they're spouting random words, but they're applying them to specific scenarios where I can see it being believable. Like, I would would believe that Hugh is a bioscientist, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now, where they fall short are the characteristics with which like, they describe Calvin in a way that tries to sell that he's able to do these different things, and I don't think that that is at all feasible. They
2: also wouldn't have believed it. It Like, an actual bioscientist wouldn't have believed what was happening in front of him. Sure.
0: But I also have to, like, give some credit to the fact that a lot of movies will just say bullshit, right? Like, they'll just say, "Yeah, oh, the thing is doing a thing. Oh, it's growing at an abnormal rate. Right. And they don't try and offer any stipulation on it. So, I... In light of the fact that this movie, although it gives some bullshit stipulation, gives any at all, I think I'm going to give it a three out of five. All right. I think I'm going to say that the science, like, is pretty decent, at least for a first part of the movie. And then even when it breaks down, they at least are bullshitting in an okay manner. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're not bullshitting any more than, like, people are bullshitting in future directions in, like, in scientific journals. Oh, maybe it's able to store oxygen. Yeah, for sure. Fuck. I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Like, that's why I didn't want to give it a solid one out of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. But... I know you both were I'm like... I'm not giving uh, it as much credit as you are. No, am really, fine. I'm just trying to think of Andromeda Strain. Yeah. And where they... Essentially, it's a very, very similar thing. It's just a microorganism that they're dealing with. Sure. Like, they actually take a more rigorous scientific approach at testing it. Yeah. In that movie. But they also do some buck wild shit that doesn't mean anything for the sterilization. I like, think... Like, for this... They're very much
0: just like, I'm going to play with it with my finger. Like, oh, look at sure. this. It's so cool. Yeah, well, and they that see that, real I mean, they see st- that it moves. Sense. Like, I mean, it yeah. makes sense to me that they would expose it to tactile stimulation. I'm not saying they wouldn't do it.
1: I'm just saying the whole timeline is crazy with how fast oh, it Oh, yeah, yeah, happen. yeah. I agree yeah, that with that. I, I, I mean, you compare it to Andromeda
0: part. Strain. I think the mo- this movie goes from being scientific to buck wild a lot faster than Andromeda yeah. Strain does. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still the same kind of thing. There's mm-hmm. just more science in Andromeda Strain. Right. There's just more jargon and more justification for mm-hmm. stuff. Now, I will say, as far as like entertainment value goes, More by entertainment. All right, I like this movie. Yeah. Um, not enough probably to say, oh, I definitely want to see Life Again. Um, okay. I think in regards to where what this movie has going for it, it just plays out like a space thriller with not much else there. Like it, it deals with an interesting topic, not one that hasn't been dealt with before mm-hmm. right now I, I was trying to argue with sean off the air about the fact that like something like alien is ooh boogeyman in space this is also that but they try and approach it from a more scientific standpoint they do than a lot of those yeah. things do but i think this falls somewhere in between lacking the two things that something like prometheus or alien does yeah alien was fun especially the second one right like there was a lot of like jokes and goofy shit going on right That this movie doesn't have and prometheus had Interesting enough twists and depth to the story and characters to give it more life than was breathed into this movie. Right. I felt oh, a lot of times more like, life. Nice, <laughs> nailed it. I felt like a lot of times that the the actors were kind of like trying to apply character to what just looked like blank slates mm-hmm. floating around in the spaceship. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't feel like these actors really like came to. I don't want to say life again because it's no it's, say it again. It came to life for me. <laughs>
2: I mean, but it was. All the things you said are true. Yeah. And yet despite all of that it was it was predictable but it like it was still a well-made movie. Sure. Like it flowed really well and like that it was it was it was very seamless in, in regards to, you know, the the ways in which people died. I honestly thought they all were interesting. They all kind of made sense with what was happening in the in the plot. Um, I would say that, like, basically by about the first third
0: of the movie, I knew exactly how the movie was going to play out. Yeah. Which, like, if you see a Freddy Krueger movie or, like, a Jason movie, you know that that, that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Or if you see an Alien movie, you know exactly that that, that's what's going to happen. Right. But some of those movies are—they're not amazing pieces of cinematography, but they're still enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Well— Sean disagrees. He doesn't like slasher flicks, which this is basically just alien slasher flick. Pretty much. Yeah, I just— Today— Yes. Now that
2: we've rated it.
0: Uh, Wednesday, the 27th Yes. June. It's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. mom.
2: She's probably our number one fan, so we should thank her. She 100% show. is. Number one fan, or Anthony Martinez. Who knows? Could be Anthony. Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony? Okay. You have to stop. Mara, dear, <laughs> no time. one's going to get it. it. No one gets <laughs> it. So, we have some user questions. Listener questions. Some user questions. We have some user questions. Right. Number one. I'll do the ones about life first first one comes from the beautiful born pace wouldn't the Vietnamese people who discovered the landing pod burn their hand off
0: yeah I was wondering about this too
2: actually so because... this 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 escape pod goes through the Earth's atmosphere which is very very taxing upon a in anything and that's why there are usually these these, these escape pods are like Made of a very, very thick metal and heat resistant uh, material. So once it goes through this, wouldn't it be just like ridiculously hot? Well, I uh, think once it lands in the water. The only
0: two things that would save us from saying yes, absolutely, they would burn both of their hands into charcoal colored stubs. Charcoal nuggets. Yeah. The fact that after re entry, it passes through a lot of air before hitting the surface of the water. Right. And also it hits the surface of the water. Right. So. We would have to say that upon exiting the portion of the atmosphere where it becomes heated because it's first entering, and by the time it gets to the water, it's cooled by the rest of the atmosphere, and then cooled by the water before they get to it. The water would absorb a lot of the heat. Barring that, no, they would have burned their (laughs) hands. It would have been pretty hot. And we would have at least been warm, I think I honestly don't know. I
1: mean, we have, like, whenever there's manned space missions, like, people re-enter in similar ways. Sure. I don't know if they're, like, just chilling up off for 30 minutes. before we open it or if they just like put gloves on (laughs) I
0: don't don't know I would have to assume that the outer surface of the in order to prevent heat buildup from actually ruining the outer surface of the pod there would have to be it would have to be made of some sort of composite material in which like the heat capacity is I guess low enough uh, so that it doesn't retain heat enough to heat up that much well
1: I know like it's probably totally different like from different generations of spacecraft but like the heat shielding stuff used to be able to like burn off during it uh, okay. and stuff so like yeah. it would basically burn you would just off lose it during instead the of the rest of the stuff yeah and like I, I don't know i don't i'm not an engineer especially not a aerospace engineer a, but like yeah you're not a space gerbil i'm a what <laughs> never mind i'm not gonna <laughs> explain that joke right. okay yeah so
0: yeah maybe maybe lauren maybe. everybody got burnt thanks yeah. lauren yeah thanks for
2: the question So... She's probably asleep. Yeah, she is. Our next question comes from from the podcast, Heidi, who is also a co-host on the the Nerdy Bits podcast. uh, They are friends of ours, um, which is also a podcast of which I, Michael Pace, will be guest hosting on soon. Guest star, Michael Pace. Yes. On what, the Um, first? On the Nerdy Bits podcast. July 1st is the recording. I'm not sure when it's going to be released. but they are uh, just a quick plug here. They're like basically an advice show, uh, and they take they take uh, listener questions about life, love, science, relationships, all, all things nerdy. Um, so if you have questions for them, or if you want me uh, like just a vat of infinite wisdom to mm-hmm. answer, yes, definitely to answer, you can you can send them to uh, to the, the Nerdy Bits podcast, um, and you can find more information about that uh, on their Twitter page. Uh, which I believe is at Nerdy Bits Cast. Um, but anyway, uh, Heidi from that show asks. It's sort of free advertising there, huh? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, Sorry. S- I
1: assume the check is in the mail. From- it is.
2: It's fine. There are buddies. There are buddies. Uh, how do we define, this is a kind of deeper question, how do we define a quote unquote living organism, what classifies as living? Uh, and if we do discover extraterrestrial organisms, do you think the same definition applies to them? Hmm. This is a doozy of a question, boys. I mean, this, this, this makes me think of a conversation we were having a few days ago about, about viruses and if viruses are life, if they count as life, considering right. they need a host to live.
0: Webster's well, Dictionary defines life yes. as a condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter including the capability for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. So this would imply <laughs> several steps for checks and balances would need to be considered before... Sorry, you're falling asleep. Uh, it's very good. So, Ken. Um, sorry. I just, it's very good. I passed I, out there for a second. Did you, I, did you say something? I think a lot. one major thing that is applied to defining life um, is... The ability to metabolize yeah, um, in general, I think, is often regarded right. as something that... If something is able to metabolize in any form, mm-hmm. you can regard it as living. Yeah. And, uh, and that argument is often used to distinguish viruses from other things as non-living.
2: Yeah. Because vi- viruses mm-hmm. don't
0: go through a, pro- a process of m- a metabolism. Yep. They replicate. They do replicate. Right? They do reproduce. In a host cell. Quote, unquote. And then... They just make more of themselves. Yeah. Which you could argue is reproduction, right? But they aren't... But they're not
2: doing it independently. They're not, they're not right. self-sufficient in, in that act. And they're also
0: only consuming enough resources that are required in order to produce more of itself. Right. Um, not necessarily to grow and go through various phases of life. Mm-hmm. Right?
2: Hmm. I, I, do, I do think that, as you say, the, the metabolism is important. The ability to grow and reproduce and a certain degree of self-sufficiency, I'd right. say, is, is, what, is probably what defines life. But there are going to be a lot of gray areas with that. Because, as, I mean, we're, if we go to talk about the movie, uh, Calvin was, I mean, he was in a dormant state mm-hmm. as a single-celled organism, I guess. Do you qualify that as life? I i guess, given the right resources that he could thrive? Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. inferring I mean, from
1: his, like, appearance... As a single cell, oh, organism, once he was that he yes. is alive, and yes. like there are there are living sure. organisms that go in like hibernation yeah, states. That's what I was like gonna that. say. True. So like, you would argue it's in stasis. Right. It's in so stasis. They were basically yeah. inferring from the way it looked initially, like this looks like it could have been could be a living organism. Let's right. see if we can get it to have a right.
0: response that would indicate to us that it's still alive. Yeah. Sure. Like uh, like isolating organisms from things like ice cores and things like that. Yeah, sure. Right. Sure. Yeah. So
1: just like Dennis
0: Quaid, just like Dennis Quaid, <laughs> Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Dennis Quaid. <laughs> just doing his job in Antarctica. Yeah, man, oh, just, just like in the ice, ice cores. Yes. Yes. just trying to predict the end of the world. Jumping
2: from sheet to sheet, uh, a lot of um, sheets going on there. Thank you for, thank your for the question, Heidi,
1: friend of the show, Heidi. Thank you for your
0: question. Yep, we got one more question. Oh, boy, we have another friend of the podcast from our boy Anthony
2: Martinez,
0: Anthony Martinez. And they're coming up at us with a lot of questions. So here we go. Uh he says, Hey fellas, this might be a long shot, but has there ever been a movie, comic book, TV show, or any other form of media that has influenced a scientific discovery of any sort? Like a movie uh had made up some sort of science to move the plot along and an actual scientist took this idea and made something real from it. Looking forward to an answer. Uh Thank you. Much love question. Anthony Martinez.
2: Friend of the podcast.
0: Friend of the podcast. Um Anthony Martinez.
2: What do you guys think about our friend of the podcast So and his question? Sean,
0: you had such a good answer for this. So we
2: talked about this. So I tried to do
1: some research. It's difficult to find whether or not this is like more of a urban myth or an actual real thing. Right. It seems like it could be a real thing, though, mm-hmm. so I'm confident enough to talk about it. It may be a myth, but so just keep that in mind when you're hearing it. Right. But... Uh, the guy, the CEO of Motorola, when he was making the Motorola flip phones, basically, there's some speculation based on some quotes that he said that he based the design off the uh, communicators in Star Trek. Right. That's so, That's so good. Which, yeah. like, I mean, if you, even if he didn't, you. Like it wasn't intentional, they resemble each other a lot. Like you can tell by looking oh, at the yeah. way communicators yeah. look in Star Trek, they, definitely they look like flip phones. Yeah. So it's, and they're used for basically the exact same function. So I think that would be an example where maybe it, I don't know how much it directly influenced it, but it's definitely like in line with something that actually came to fruition
0: in real life. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good example of that. The only other two things that I could find, and one of them is actually pretty big, is that uh, Jules Verne, uh, mm-hmm. the guy who wrote uh, Journey to the Sun of the Earth, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, yeah. like that, is often credited as being the, the Nautilus, the ship in 20,000 Leagues, under, uh, 20, Leagues mm-hmm. under the Sea, is credited with being the inspiration for the first submarine. So
1: that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Which makes a lot of yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um,
0: and the only other one that I, uh, that I found as well... Uh, was one that I really liked for uh, earbuds, in which uh, Ray Bradbury describes in, I think, Fahrenheit 451 these, like, small seashell-type devices that fit inside of the ear that allow you to hear things like music, talking, and other types of sound and things like that. I read so, that book a long time ago. I th- was... and supposedly, these were supposed to have inspired uh, modern-day earbuds.
2: earbuds.
1: yeah, well, That uh, makes sense. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of, like, stuff in fiction that
0: you know, you hear and you're like, this could be feasible eventually. Yeah. There's a lot of other things like H.G. Wells coming up with a, atomic power and, and things like that that are out there as well. So
2: so next week for our next episode, we go watch, watch Blindness.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Sean suggested that we watch Blindness, which is a movie about eyeballs.
2: Eyeballs. I'm, I haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> I've never seen it either. All right. Um.
1: Apparently, or should I look up like a summary? I mean, apparently, like no, it's okay. One hey, no one man is struck blind uh, while we're driving home from work. Probably. We're gonna watch it? the movie. It's Mark Ruffalo, and this is Rotten Tomatoes. So it's no. wait, 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 wait. Cast. If he was a dog, Ju- he'd be Mark hey. Ruffalo. Hey, he shut up. Sorry, Julian Moore. I am grouped. Mark
0: Ruffalo. Uh, and some other people. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> so we're going to watch Blindness. If you guys have any questions about sight, about research into uh, maybe even curing blindness using things like gene therapy and Gla-coma. stuff like that. Hey,
1: yeah. I work in a lab that specifically does that. Yeah. So I so should be able be to answer those questions.
0: Perfect opportunity in order to direct some of those questions towards us. Yeah. And you can get in touch with the podcast at RealScienceCast on Twitter at RealScienceCast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, and we also have a Facebook page where you can direct some of your questions. And th- as a bonus, if you talk to us on the Facebook page, that's really the only way for you to get in touch with Sean. So yeah. if yeah. you do it that way, Sean might even respond.
1: It's not even like a public Facebook page as much as it is like an exclusive VIP club yeah. where you get like all exclusive access. And to like just really
2: good personal treatment
1: yeah. To Sean. To Specifically Sean. Sean. It's like a it's digital embrace Sean.
2: from Sean.
1: Yeah, it's like if you You know, I'm just sort of holding you in my digital Facebook arms when yeah, you're yeah. on there. Right? You're gonna
0: you're you're gonna be on Facebook and you're gonna look down and you're gonna see two sets of footprints, but then when you see only one set of footprints, that's when Sean's carrying you. Sean has no, no. Sean has
2: entered you. Like he's now you. Oh, like, he's 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 Calvin. morphed you. with you.
0: Oh, oh. You're saying like an invasion of the body snatchers type scenario.
2: Yeah, like his like digital projection is now inside
0: you. I don't know about all of that. I, I I'm more just carry people. Sean's yeah. gonna fly inside
2: you like Neo does to Agent Smith. Barry, <laughs> or like or like agents. Calvin into Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. So where can people find you on the internet, Kenan? People can find me at LOLcannon, uh on various forms of media. One of these days, I'm gonna look up my Nintendo name. My, my Nintendo account name and then you guys can find me on there. And Maybe we play some like Monster Hunter or something together. That'd, That'd be great. Good. You can also find me uh, Your Kevin's name. Prob- your, your Nintendo account name
1: is probably like It's probably LOL Kenon. It's probably like LOL420WeedSmokeKennon69 at yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Gmail at, at Geocities.com x x x x
2: x x x x x x x Pace, where can we find you on the internet? Well, I'm a little more simpler. You can find me... A little more simpler. A little more simple. I'll say, but... Oh my god, this is the longest ending ever. (laughs) Just say
1: where people can find you.
2: (laughs) I can't blame him. You can find me at Michael C. Pace on Twitter, and I will talk with you about the things. And and
0: keep an eye out, because Michael Pace does a lot of really cool SciCom articles, so if you want to talk about science... Uh, or if you want to see somebody on talk about science in an accessible manner, he does a good job.
2: Yeah, I'm. To, I'm tr- trying to find time to write more. Hopefully soon.
0: Hell yeah! and With I, that, I would like to thank everybody who donates oops. to our Patreon. Yes, thank Absolutely. you.
1: And I would also like to thank Os McDonald for letting us use his song as our intro and outro dang, our
0: podcast. Well, don't sing it yet. We're gonna play okay. it in a second.
1: for our intro and outro of our podcast.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then is that it? You got anything else, Pace? You got anything else? Uh. Stay classy. Nice. All right, I guess we're done. My name's Ken Smith. My name's Sean Crosson. I'm Michael Pace. Have a good one. You don't,
1: you don't need good science to make a good movie. bye Decent.
2: Makes it kind of better.
0: Hello and welcome to the Real Hello, Science, the Real Science, Science podcast.
2: podcast, a podcast, uh, podcast where, where
0: Smith
1: is a speak like idiots all the time. I'm uh, fucking uh, beautiful uh, and you're uh, a shithead. Uh, I am a shithead. Uh, uh, I'm Ken
2: Smith. A big old
1: shithead. Pace, your vocals just always come through so but much But a very loud, big
0: though. and pretty shithead. Right, let me talk like Pace.
1: My name's Michael Pace. <laughs> just way deeper. That is not go way, not way not deeper. Go <laughs> My name's Michael Pace (laughs) It's supposed to be Dustin Hoffman It's supposed to
0: be Dustin Hoffman
1: My name's Michael Pace My name's Michael Pace I am Robo
2: Pace I am the (laughs) law Sugar water Sugar water Uh, Men of Life is a silly movie (laughs)